um, last week we stopped uh, or ended our series on control freaks. How many of you are excited that that's over? Yeah, trying to release control. And we talked about the fact that, that God gets the glory alone. That all the things that we do, we like to take credit for things, but the reality of the matter is, is that God gets the glory. And that the good deeds that we do, Matthew tells us that the good deeds that we do should point people to us or God. Good job. Whenever, just so you know, whenever you're in church and there's a question, go with God as the answer, you will be right most of the time. Good job. So this week we're going to continue, though, talking about this idea of something else that I think is very important for us because God gets the glory alone, but today we're going to talk about grace. We're going to talk about grace. And so um, that first song was called Grace Alone. The songs at the end are going to talk about grace. And I think, I think the thing that I want to do is I want to like use a little bit of an illustration here. And um, I don't know what kind of phone you have, but um, I was able to get this guy um, out of the, the archives. Anybody know what that is? It's not a Blackberry. It's a trio. It is powered by Palm. And um, I, I ran home yesterday before church started because I, and Sarah was like, where are you going? It's like 445. I was like, I got to get this really cool thing that's going to be a great illustration for my, for my message. And, and here it is. It's a trio. And somebody somewhere thought it was a really good idea to throw a bunch of buttons on this thing. I mean, there's so many buttons. And then I was like, I, can I find, so I knew where this was, but I didn't know if I had the, the charger. And how many of you have ever had your phone die and you don't have a charger? And you're just like the grumpiest person ever because you're addicted to your phone, yeah? So I, my phone died um, a few weeks ago and um, uh, Ryan is, is a, works at Apple and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm charging my phone, my phone is off, it's, it won't turn on. Am I sunk? Do I have to buy another phone? And like for a good hour, I was sweating bullets. I don't know if you guys have ever had that happen, but it's just not okay, right? So I pulled this thing out of, out of the archives, and I was like, do I have the charger? How many of you guys like fight over chargers in your house? Anybody? I knew one time two roommates that almost went to blows about it because one claimed they stole their, their charger. Well, guess what? I found the charger. Thank you for whoever said that. Was, that. was that you, Max? Oh, yeah, bro. I knew it. So now here's the thing. This thing has not been on a charger for like 10. That is an orange light. Stop yourself. I'm having a moment. The, light, the buttons are lighting up. This is so good. So that happened. So last night, just so you guys know, this is the rhythm of the weekend for second place, just so you know how to choose what service to come to. Saturday night, 5 o'clock, best kept secret, secret of second place. It is the guinea pig service. I try to figure things out. I'm not exactly sure if it's ever going to hit home. By 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, I've kind of like kind of got my message figured out. And then 11 o'clock, you guys get this is like the cream of the crop. So yesterday, I get the trio, I plug it in, like, with all of them looking, and no light. So I changed, I changed the, the charger thing set up, and I was in the booth during, like, when everyone was greeting during first service, and the buttons lit up, 
and I screamed. And everyone was like, what is happening? Is Joe okay? And I was just having a moment because that's amazing. This thing hasn't been charged for 10 years and the buttons are lighting up. There's no screen yet. You see that? It's amazing. Yes, yes. I don't know what I'm going to do with it if it ever actually turns on. But that, I think, is a great, a great, great illustration. Keep it in mind. Um, We're going to be hanging out in Ephesians chapter 2. And Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, are going to be our text for today. And we're going to just kind of cruise through it, but we're going to kind of like cruise through it slowly so we can understand what is being said to us. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. God, thank you for Ephesians 2 being recorded for us to to dive into and to dig into today. Lord God, and help us to allow it to change us. Now, here's the thing. God, you know that some of us have heard this passage before. We've heard it so much. But Lord God, I pray that you would open our minds, that we would release all the things that we have in our life that that we're carrying in here, things that we are, are on our schedule this week that we have to do. Some things that we're carrying in that we really don't need to be carrying. God, we, we pray that, that you would lift that burden off of our back and that you would allow us to be open-hearted, open-minded, open-handed to receive from you today. Because it's your spirit that teaches us. Lord, you are the teacher. We are the student. So we're not going to say, Lord God, that we're teaching anything today. But Lord, we are the, the ones who are learning from you. So Lord, we just pray that you would do that for us, Lord God. And especially on this topic which is so, it's just so difficult for us to break our thinking in this area of our life. We pray for that to happen in Jesus' name. So Ephesians chapter 2 is where we're going to start, and it's just in verse 1, and uh, we're going to go right there. So it says this, As for you, you were a dead trio. You were dead in your transgressions and your sins. Now let's just stop right there. Because I need us to understand what he's saying. He's using an analogy on purpose. And the whole idea here is that you were dead. You were dead. You weren't dying. You weren't drowning. You were drowned. You weren't dying. You were dead. This is a big deal. This is what we have to understand. That we were dead. And so, whiteboard, I'm going to just give you guys a little bit of this. So you were dead. The trio right here, let's draw it, give it some keyboard action. So many buttons. How's my drawing going? Cool, awesome. Oh, right, sure, sure, on the left side, got it, burnt. You were dead. Let's just, let's review what dead things do. Nothing. They don't reach for things. That would freak us out. They don't strive for things. They don't. You were dead. You weren't dying. You were dead. You weren't drowning. You were drowned. This is really important. You weren't um, drowning in needing Jesus to become your life preserver so you could be rescued. You weren't stuck in your sin. You were 
that and Jesus needed to lift you out of that. You weren't in a pit and Jesus needed to pull you out. You were dead. And dead things don't do anything. Keep that in mind. Dead things don't do anything. They rot. Well, that's true. That's the natural course. So as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins, verse 2, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and, the ru- and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So we see that we were alive to some things, but they were all the wrong things. They were the things that were, that, that were um, negative, things that, were, that brought really difficulty on us. They were the ways of the world, the spirit of the world, that, that world that everything is transactional. Everything is, is about our desires, our thoughts. What do we want? What are we thinking what we should do? And it all kind of is under this headline, this theme song that we, we had during that time was a theme song of disobedience. So we, we were dead, we were doing nothing, we weren't reaching, we weren't striving, and we were disobedient. How many of you guys are like, gee, Joe, I'm really glad I came to church today. I'm so encouraged. Well, let me tell you, it doesn't get any better. Because here's what it says in verse 3. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And here you go. You ready? Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So not only are you dead, Not only are you doing nothing, you're not reaching, you're not striving, you're being disobedient, but the thing that you are deserving is you're deserving the wrath of God. How many of you know you do do not want the wrath of God? Not okay. You don't want that. And that's what you had earned. This is, this is our state. This is our our position. We, We have this whole idea going on right here. And that is rough stuff. But when we look at scripture, we see that there's something that happens in verse 4. And I love it because in some passages it'll say in different translations that it'll say, but God. But here it says, but because of his great what? Love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. So he brought us and made us alive. This is amazing. Now there's life here. That was, that's what alive means. It's like there's life, even though that we were dead in our transgressions. That's amazing. And as we continue, it says at the end of verse 5, it says this, it is by grace that you have been saved. You have been brought from death, doing nothing, no reaching, no striving, being disobedient, deserving the wrath of God, and you've been brought to life. And the way that that has happened, you have received salvation. You have been saved by what? You've been saved by this thing called grace. 
And grace, in a way, is the, it's kind of like the thing that opens up this, this opportunity for us to become alive. And it's only by grace, by grace alone, by grace alone, that we have been saved. And he continues to say, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ. We're not going to dive into all of this today. We don't have the time. But he, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. So there's something else that's over here. This is, we're in Christ here. We are with Christ on that side of the equation. Um, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his, what? His grace expressed in his kindness, his love to us in Christ Jesus. Here he goes again, and he repeats himself. He says, for it is by grace that you have been saved. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Let's stop right there. Here's the thing. What is grace? Grace is when you or I, we receive something that we don't deserve. Unmerited favor. When we, when we receive something that we don't deserve. So some of you know, uh, maybe in this room, that um, word got out, I like peeps. As you should. Sugar-coated marshmallows. Why are you mad? And there's all kinds of flavors now. I don't buy into all of those. Stay, keep it pure. But here's the thing. The word gets out, and I try not to eat a lot of them, but, you know, once in a while. And so word gets out, and now there's a Peeps cereal. Don't judge. Don't you judge until you try it. It's like if Fruit Loops and Lucky Charms had a baby. That's what it is. It's amazing. It's amazing. And here's the thing. So now I have received, no less, there's another person that bought me a box last night. So Bill here has bought me a box of, of Peep cereal, rough. And I had another box given to me last night. Awesome. Here's the thing. I didn't deserve any Peeps cereal. <laughs> and so in a funny way, it's a form of grace, right? I received something that I didn't deserve. I didn't do anything for it. I just showed up. And here I go, I've got cereal for days. Now you laugh, and that's funny, but here's the thing. It's a gift, and that's really important, because you can't do anything to earn that. You can't do anything to earn that gift. So this over here, this life, this is a gift. And this, this is beauty. This is amazing. This is awesome that grace has opened this up. It's kind of like, if you were to think about it this way, it's kind of like um, that grace, if I can do this, look at that. It's like grace is like the power cord to the life. Stop it. <laughs> so the, the, the thing is, is like when that light went on, it brought me such joy. And when you, when you experience the, the life of Christ and you experience that because of grace and you realize you didn't do a thing to earn it, you didn't do anything. It was a gift. And it says in the, in the next part of this verse, it says, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. 
not by works so that no one can boast. How many of you guys love people that boast about themselves? They're the worst. They're so like, like nerve-wracking, right? So we don't like those types of people. And I think that this is something where we see where there is no one in this room that can boast about, you know what, I, I saved myself. That's what I did. No, no one can boast. Because the reason why you are alive in Christ today is simply because God opened up this to you through grace. And let's just check in real quick. Why, what was his motive for, for opening up and giving us something that we didn't deserve? We deserved wrath. We got life. Why did he do that? What was his, his motive? We already read it. His love. Because he loved you, he said, you know what? I'm not going to give you the wrath. I'm going to give you the life. Now, here's what we should just finish out to verse 10. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, we get this backwards. We get this backwards. We think that we're to do these good works in order for us to like, get the glory, like last week. We're like, no, no, no. We're, we're to do these good works because this is what we're supposed to do, and the more that we do, the better person we are. No. We learned last week the reason why we do the good works is to what? To bring glory to God. And so here, this is all working together. The reason that we can do the good works is because of the grace. Because we're alive, because we're alive, because of the grace, we do the good works. And this is the good that we do over here. We don't do the good to get here. Is that clear? We don't do the good to get here. This good is happening because we've experienced and we've passed through this grace in order to experience that life. All right. Here's what I'll say. Easy to say, hard to live. Because we were dead in our transgressions, we were living according to the way of the world. What is the way of the world? One way of the world is everything is transactional. You do things to get things. Not with this. If you want water, you turn the faucet on in order to get water. You open the fridge to get food. You turn the key in your car to start it. You go to work in the morning to get a paycheck. Everything is transactional in our world. And here God is saying, not with me. Nobody can boast and say they did anything to be saved because grace is the only thing that is saved. By grace, you have been saved because we didn't deserve it, but we got it anyway. This picture, this is, this picture, this is actually unfair, but it's unfair in our favor. I love that. So here's what we do. The reason why it's hard to live is because we don't live by grace alone. We live by grace plus or grace with strings attached. So great, right? Because what we need to do is we need to make sure, oh my goodness, if I'm going to be saved, like my college roommate, well, one day I was talking to him, and he, he wasn't a believer at the time, and I was talking to him about God, and I, I was like, hey man, you know, you should really like think about it. And he's like, you know, ah, I just got so much that's wrong with my life, you know, I got to get myself kind of like cleaned up before I try to come to God. He didn't get it. 
He's literally describing the fact that he's in this dead zone and that grace is available to him, but he, he couldn't get his mind there, his heart there, his belief system there. And so what we think is we need grace plus. We need grace plus our righteousness, our good deeds. We need grace plus um, being sorry enough. I've just not been sorry enough. I'm not sure if God is really pleased. Or we need to be, um, we need to know enough. We need to have more knowledge in order to be a good steward and to be able to know that we're saved. We'll just go here right now. So if you're struggling with your distance with God, let me tell you, if you've chosen to put Jesus first, which is a thing, which is definitely the prerequisite to be in this life, but if you've given your heart to God and you've said, Jesus is the Son of God, He is the Messiah, I want to follow Him, then what you need to know is that you may be struggling still. If you are and you're saying, I don't know, man, am I good enough? Do I know enough? Um, do I have enough righteousness? Am I sorry enough? Man, I've done some things, God. I'm not sure I'm sorry enough. And you're asking these questions. Am I enough? These are all questions that come to our minds. And the enemy loves to play in that area of our mind. Because here's what you need to know. Because it doesn't have to be a battle for you anymore after this moment. Is that the answer to these questions forever and always, every single time, is no, you are not. You are not good enough. You don't know enough. You're not sorry enough. And praise God, it's unfair in our favor because that doesn't matter because grace alone is what has saved you. You can't be sorry enough to be saved. You can't repent enough to be saved. Grace and by grace alone. Do you see how this is blowing up our world a little bit? You've done nothing. If you start to point to say, you know what, I've repented every day. Good, that's good. Not saying it's bad, but it's by grace alone that you've been saved so that no one can boast. And you're starting to boast a little bit, dude. So easy to say, hard to live because everything in our world is transactional. Let's give some, some practicalness to this. So the last few days, I've been struggling in Fort Myers Beach, Florida. It's been a struggle. Um, so, <laughs> so my brother and I have um, made a trip down to see my 81-year-old grand, um, grandmother. She, she's like my, she's a, basically, she's old. She's 81, um, but she's my aunt. And um, we've gone down there for probably four or five years. And she's the short one, if you need to know which one she is. And she's awesome. Um, we spent a few days there. We've done this, like I said, for a few, a few years now. And Micah came down with us. Um, and it's great. The, the um, place behind her, that's her little trailer that she's in. And the four of us, like, crushed into that. And 
um, crashed there for a few days. And um, we got to do some really cool things. Um, she opened up her home to us, and, you know, she, she, uh, she's funny because, like, we would go, um, like, to, like, to, uh, I don't know, we went to see a movie, and she's like, well, this is my treat. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you don't need to do that. And then she would say, oh, you're buying dinner. I'm like, oh, okay, well, there you go. I got it. So <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, but we got to go to different places. This is Micah in front of a fern, which is kind of, uh, or a plant of some type, which is kind of cool. Um, means nothing, but um, he wanted a picture in front of it. And, uh, and so this is actually the home of Thomas Edison. Um, and then this is uh, me by an alligator um, when we were kayaking. So we kind of some cool experiences. And she made meals for us, and it was all cool and all that stuff. And here's, the, here's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah, actually, here's a good list. So she opened her home to us. She prepared meals for us. She introduced us to new experiences, which is really cool. Um, she gave up her room. So, so her bedroom is super tiny in her trailer, and it has like a full-size bed in it. And that's like about it. And so basically my brother and I flip a coin, and then one of us gets to sleep in the bed. And then she goes and she sleeps in a little love seat in another room. And she's not real big, so she, she's okay. Um, but she gives up her, her room for us, which is a big deal, right? And she provided us opportunities to bless her back, which I thought was kind of fun. So why do I bring all that up to kind of just say, like, I was in 80-degree weather, you weren't, right? Um, here's why I bring that up is because this is a picture of grace. I didn't deserve any of that. I didn't deserve for her to open up her home to us. We didn't deserve for us to prepare these meals for us. We didn't deserve that we would be introduced to new experiences or that she would give up her room for us. We didn't deserve to even be given an opportunity to bless her back. Like, I believe that she is a living and breathing example of grace. And you say, oh, you know what? I don't know, Joe. It doesn't seem very biblical. Okay, well, that's why I prayed. God, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds. Because here's my question for you this week. How are you going to live differently this week because of this? You see, when you say, like on a whiteboard, and you kind of draw it all out, and you say, like, you were dead, and then you're alive, and this is by grace alone, and this is amazing, and this is awesome, this is so cool. And you're like, I have, was, I literally was dead you know, like, hey, wake up, little buddy. Like, they want to cheer for you again. And th we were dead. But then we were given the riches of Christ, this life, this abundant life, John 10, 10 life. This is amazing. This was an opportunity for us to do good. And we see this unbelievable swing for us in our story. Our narrative is that it is a huge swing from death to life. And so my question is, how does that drive you this week? How does that change the way you live this week? Because whatever animosity, whatever grudge you're holding, I mean, if you want to talk about a grudge, God had a grudge and he could have held, he didn't hold any grudge. He loved us and he opened it up. And so how are you going to be grace this week? Put that list up there again, sir. I mean, could you potentially... Oh, not Amazing Grace. We could sing it right now if you want. Um, could you open your home to somebody? Maybe, maybe somebody that doesn't deserve a home-cooked meal. 
Could you maybe prepare somebody a meal? Could you introduce someone to a new experience? I mean, this is a little personal. Could you give up your room to somebody? Might you provide an opportunity for someone to bless you back? I mean, that's a really cool thing where you affirm the dignity in somebody, where you don't give them dignity. They already have it. You affirm that dignity in them. So I, I think that this is actually very much experiencing Scripture. Is that, am I right? This is Scripture coming alive. And we're like, oh, the Bible's dead. This is Scripture coming alive for us. So a couple of things um, as the band comes up and we can kind of prepare our hearts um, for God to really drive this home to us. Because all the songs are about grace today. And, and I think that there's a few things that can be things for us to process in the next few minutes. Number one, um, are there things that you're currently doing that you're, you, uh, until today maybe, you're reminded that, that, that you've been doing these things in order to earn something from God, to, to have favor, to win his favor, that you've been doing these things that, that you, you're like, oh, well, I, I volunteered at the food pantry and I, I, I helped this person out and I did all that because I, I just need to make sure that it goes on my record, God. And I'm going to tell you right now, like that, that, some of that stuff gets you into that cycle and you're in that cycle and really it brings you to death because it's just like so exhausting. Then instead to rest in the grace of God which you did not deserve and I did not deserve. It was a free gift, so no one could boast about what they're doing to be saved. So what is it that, that comes to mind? Does anything come to mind when I say, like, hey, what are we doing for the wrong reasons? And re remember, like, hey, when we do good works, that's good, but remember we should do that out of love, not out of manipulation or to get something because God's motive was love. We're to do that out of a pure motive, and that takes some work. It takes some work. And then the other thing I think that we can process this week is, is how can we be grace this week? I mean, if you're holding um, something back from someone because they don't deserve it, I want you to check that today. Because that's not the way God wants you to live. I think he showed us what it looks like to have grace for each other. One of the things that I talk to people about the most when they're having relational trouble is when are you able to unlock grace and to show each other grace. And many times if they're able to do that, which means is to serve them when they don't deserve to be served, to be there for them and to, to listen to them when maybe they don't, you don't have time and they don't deserve your time. They didn't do anything to deserve, but you choose to do it. When, when they begin to do that, healing starts to happen because there's grace that flows and it's amazing, it's powerful. It's what brought us from death to life. So as we sing these songs, I want this place to be a place of freedom. If you haven't been here before or it's been a while, you got to know that this is a place of freedom. You guys can find a spot in the warehouse to be by yourself, raise your hands, do whatever you need to do to be free in this place, to kneel and pray, whatever it is for you. That's what this place is. And it's because, I mean, why does God get all the glory? Why did we start with that? Because of the fact that he's the one that's responsible for the grace. We were dead and we're alive. And so we're going to sing today. Are you guys ready? I'm excited about this, guys. I mean, I don't know. It's a question for our growth groups, and it's a place where you can dive in further. It's like, what does this, what does that picture cause you 
to think or, or want to, to, to feel about God. And this is an opportunity for us to process that and to maybe just even allow that to be expressed. So let's stand. Heavenly Father, you are a good God. You loved us so much that you brought grace into our lives. And that is by grace alone that we have been saved. It is a free gift, Lord God, that no one of us can boast. It's not by works. And so, God, this is a huge piece for us as a church and as a people. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that as we sing these songs, that you would open up our hearts once again, that we would begin to really begin to rest in your grace, and we would celebrate you because you, Lord God, deserve all of the glory because we were dead. We were in our transgressions. We were, we were in sin. We were following our own desires, our own thoughts, and Lord, they were all self-serving. And yet today, Lord God, we stand and we are free. Lord, help us to celebrate that fact. In Jesus' name we pray.